Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. And so we've been asking the what ifs. And today, in fact, is kind of a what if opportunity. We thought, you know what? This is the day. You know, we're not going to worry about 10 a.m. Seahawks. We're going to launch another church today. And so of all Sundays to do that, which is kind of funny. So as we're gathered here, I want to just take a look at what's happening over on the other side of the tracks. Is gathering. That's CTK Blaine. They launched today. Isn't that exciting? Right there. It's happening. And I love, I love this because people showed up there and people showed up here despite the Seahawks, okay? It happened today, faithful people. So really cool. We are ascending church and we've been asking this question, what if? What if we did, what if we went beyond what our comfortability would be? We have chosen, what if we chose more for big? What if individually, that we would step out. And we, we've been looking at what it means to step out in faith. Last week, we talked about what if, when we step out, what's going to happen? And we tried to deal with fear for what fear was. And fear is one of these emotions that we have that tells us that we're stepping out in faith. That it's okay, it's okay to have a little bit of fear. It's okay. I woke up this morning going, oh, I hope people show up here since that thing's going on over there. I had real feeling of that. What it is, it's faith steps that we're taking. We know God has spoken to us. God has made that very clear to us, but they actually step out. It can be kind of scary sometimes, but what if would happen? But I've learned this as well. As much as I know God's calling me and sensing that step, I've got to be the one to step into that. And I've learned something about this, that I can make a ton of excuses not to step out and not to follow what God's called us to be. So today we're going to spend some time talking about excuses. You could say it this way, it's the, the no, there's no if, and, or buts about it. That we are, we're not we're going to set aside our excuses to step in to what God might have for us. But we are good as human beings, let's admit it, we're really good at making excuses. At some point along the lines, we, we thought that writing the note, you know, dear teacher, my, my, my dog ate my homework, excuse, might work, right? <laughs> Lame excuses. But even as we step in adults, if we can make excuses along the way, I was just talking to someone the other day, they were blaming their exes for their financial ruin that they're in. And I'm like, hmm, blame, blame, blame. There's a common denominator in all that. You know, I wanted to remind him of that. And the reality is he, that person wasn't really taken responsible. Was there blame at all? Yes. But it, there was excuses to made because they could stay in their, their place of, complaining, the place of comfort, the place of where they're at, rather than stepping out out of those excuses. So today, that's what we're going to look at a little bit. I'll probably get a little in your business today about that, because here's the thing, we all have those excuses. Excuses we voice are things like this, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too dumb, it's too big, it's too hard, I'm not good enough, I'm not rich enough, it's not my fault, it's not my problem, or how about this one, it's not in my job description. Have you ever heard that one before? It's just not in my job description. And, and, and it doesn't work too well when you realize there's a need that's there. And you're like, I, it's just not my, my, or how about this one? It's not my thing. You know, I, I tried to do that one when our kids were little and we needed to change diapers. I was like, honey, honey, it's just not my thing to change diapers, right? 
Yeah, here's the kid right here, right? There's certain things in life you do. But the, I think the greatest excuse that we make in all of them is two words is this. I can't. I can't. And we do that. Listen, lame or legitimate. Listen, there is legitimate excuses out there. No matter though, the lame or legitimate excuses is this. It gets in the way for you to experience God's greater potential for your life. So let me ask you this question. What is your excuse from living out your what if? The what if. Now, what are, we've been talking about each week. What is the what if? So what is your, it's a goal, it's a dream, it's a desire, it's an opportunity that's before you, but you're held back. In some ways, you feel stuck to move forward, to push, push on. Now, some of you say, well, I would like to push back on that a little bit, Dan, because you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what I've experienced. You don't know how I was raised and, and what's happened to me. And, 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 and I don't. I don't know what you've gone through, but you don't know what I've gone through completely. But here's the thing. Are you going to make that as much as what's done to you was wrong and there's no excuses for what they did to you, are you going to make that or whatever you're going through, make that your excuse to not step into the what ifs that God has for us. So today we're going to, let me just make this statement, then we're going to unpack it in in an incredible counter that took place in Scripture. It says, freedom is available when we stop making excuses and obey what we are called to do. Freedom is available when we stop making excuses and obey what we are called to do. How many here would say, I desire freedom in my life. Can you just raise your hand if you want that? It's not a trick question, honestly. How many want that? He's like, I, you know, you know, like, ah, I'm not sure. No, I'd rather be kind of trapped and in bondage, and I'd rather kind of be limited, right? Everybody's hand should be up on that. It's just, it's one of those things like, yeah, I want that. Of course I want that. But what are you willing to do to get that? Are you willing to step away from and set aside these excuses to step into this freedom? Well, today we're going to look at it. Great example in scripture. And I, what I've found is when, when God calls people, he doesn't call perfect people at all. In fact, he calls people that are broken, that they're hurting, that they're dysfunctional. And what happens though, we see people step out of their excuses of whatever's going on to actually experience freedom for their lives and freedom for the people around. There's a great example of this. Now, when we look at this person here today, I want you to think about, imagine you're God. And you're the creator of the universe, and you possess all the power you have in yourself. And, and you know some people, your own people, they're held in slavery for hundreds of years. You have all the population of the world at your disposal, and you just need to pick one guy or one girl, one person to help fulfill that. Who would you pick? I don't know if you and I would pick who God picked, but God picked a vigilante, forgotten fugitive who's 80-year-old sheep herder with a speech impediment named Moses, who's wanted for murder, for God to tell him to go back to where it took place because he's being sent by him. That's what the story is about in the life of Moses, that we're in the calling of Moses that we're going to look at today. But Moses was the exact person he chose to do the job. Human sense, it doesn't make sense at all, but it was part of God's great plan. Moses was this guy that led incredible exodus toward freedom that happened. And I tell you, we live in a society of slavery. We, we know there's real slavery, even physical slavery, even in our county. We, we, we've been emphasizing uh, the sex trafficking and all that's going on in our, in our community that's happening there and across the world. There's real slavery, physical slavery still happening. 
But for majority of us, slavery is in selfishness, it's in our struggles, it's in our sin itself. And God wants everybody to experience freedom. But before we get to that freedom, we've got to set aside our excuses. And that's what was the challenge to Moses. He had a calling and he put every excuse in front of God and God answered every single excuse that we're going to look at today. And so I want to get to the story here in Exodus chapter 3. We find the 80-year-old Moses tending sheep, really his father-in-law's sheep that owned in this hill country called Midian. And here he is, this man who's at night watch, minding his own business. And scripture records this, that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from a, within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from the, within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals from this place where you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid so, to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen your misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of, their, because of their slave drivers. I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And then God said to him this, Now that the cry of the Israelites has reached me, I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses. We're going to look at his response here in a moment. But Moses was that man God called. And he had a unique calling because of uniquely who he was. Moses was an Israelite, but he was raised as an Egyptian. Moses, his mother, was fearful because there was this decree that was made to kill all the Israelite babies because they were trying to suppress the population of the slaves. And so Moses was put in a little basket down the, sent out the, down the Nile. And ironically, in God's sovereignty, Pharaoh's daughter took Moses and raised Moses. And so Moses was raised in the Egyptian palace, but he was an Israelite through and through. And he saw the oppression of his people. And one day, out of rage of anger, because one of his people were getting beat up by an Egyptian soldier, his Egyptian guard. He beat that Egyptian guard to death. And he fled. And he's gone 40 years, four decades, 80 years old, minding his own business. And all of a sudden, a bush catches on fire and speaks to him in the middle of the night. Okay? All of us were probably, yeah, take off your sandals. I'd be shaking my sandals off right there, freaking out. But this is this moment, this unique calling that God had for him. And you know what Moses did? He said, sure, I'll do that. Not at all. He made excuses. Excuses he made. And I tell you, when we look at these, are excuses that we can make, that we can do. And then what it does is it, when we make them, it really does hold us back to the potential God has for our lives. But every place that Moses made an excuse, God had the answer. So we're going to look at the excuses and look at the answers here. First of God's answers to our excuses, you can write these in, is, is this. Moses made this, and we can do this as well, is our, our excuse of identity. 
our excuse of identity. It says, after God speaks to Moses, Moses' first response is this. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? And you read this and see, you know that, you know, as I just described and summarized, you know who he is. Like, that is, that makes sense, Moses. You're the guy. You're, you know that, the, you're, yes, you're Israelite, but you were in the Pharaoh's palace and you know everything. And, God's, and Moses is like, who am I? And when he's saying by this, who am I? Look what all I've happened in my life. Who am I? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a fugitive. I'm a murderer. I mean, nobody likes me. Are you sure you want me to go back there? I mean, this doesn't make sense. I think we do this in our lives as well. We look at our resume and lack thereof and going, you want me? You know how I, where I came from? I mean, I came from little Birch Bay. I came from this little town of Blaine, this, this little place called Custer, Washington, or Ferndale, wherever it is, like, you, you don't even know my family, like, you know, I lived in this, and, you know, and my family, and my, you know, divorce, and the dysfunction, and, you know, all, we could go to list and list of things. Moses is going through the same thing, like, you don't know where I've done, and where I've been, and yet God knows exactly what he's done, and who he is. And, 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 and God's answer to this excuse, who am I, is this, this is what God says, I will be with you. That's the answer. I will be with you. I can't think of more reassuring words that when we put excuses toward God, that God says, no, 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 no. listen, I got you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. There, no matter what you've gone through, what you face, I am with you every step of the way. Jesus gave us that assurance when he ascended to heaven. I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And we've been dabbling in Romans 8 throughout this series. And, and the first week we hit on this, it was, sync, it, it was succinct to everything we're saying is this, is this, if God is for you, who can be against you? Romans 8 tells us, God is for you. Who can be against you? Nobody can. Nothing or nobody is the answer to that. See, I look back in my life, and I was just, I was just reflecting about with our interns here, and I was thinking about the time that when I stepped in, when I stepped into an internship at a church, and I just felt God was calling me to be involved and serve in vocational ministry, and I thought, I need to kind of figure out what that's going to look like, and I was offered an internship. And I was offered, I remember the day that I was prayed for. I remember that, that moment. I had, a, I had a, a, like a, a nice suit on. And I don't know why these guys didn't wear nice fancy clothes today. I'm not sure, but I had a nice suit on. Like they're nice, it was brand new. My mom bought it for me, this new suit. And I had a nice tie and everything. And it was a, it was a, it was a double-breasted suit. I still have the suit. There's a lot of mothballs in it, but I still have that suit. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking how far I've come. But I, I actually, when I remember stepping out there, I remember how far I came at that point. Because I, I came in, I was, a, I was like the wallflower kid coming into the youth group, and I didn't talk to anybody, I didn't know anybody. I got there right when it started, and right when my mom picked me up and left. And, and, and pretty soon, there was a community of people started getting around me, and they invited me to this, this small group. And there was, it was my original quad. There was three other guys and me. And we began to meet, and God began to use those guys in my life. And they started, and this is what I felt like that was happening. They were believing me before I believed in myself. And they began to speak into my life. And pretty soon it built some confidence, and I discovered who I was in Christ. And they, they would say, listen, Dan, you wouldn't say anything for so long. And then as soon as you felt like you could, we couldn't shut you up. And I had so much of all these years build up in it. And it got, you know, and it came out of my shell. And I look back on that and the confidence I have. And that's really what God is saying to all of us. And it said to Moses, I am with you because you are mine. That's the answer. Who am I? I am God's. As followers of Jesus, we're God's. 
If you're here today and you're going, I don't know my spiritual identity, can I just remind you, in, in Christ, this is who you are. You're forgiven, you're reborn, he's, you're his temple, you're a new creation, you're his workmanship, you're made righteous, you're chosen, you're a saint, you're a citizen of heaven, a son or daughter, you're, you're joint heir of his kingdom, you're holy and dear loved, and most importantly, you are his. And so to answer that question, who are you? You are who you are in Christ. You are his. No more excuses. And yet we still make excuses, don't we? And this is an excuse that, that, that Moses put up there. He says this, I, it's really an excuse of inadequacy. This is an excuse of inadequacy that we're going to look at. So one of the greatest fears we find is when we're confronted with something to do, and especially what to say, there's the panic that comes over us. Some of you know what it's like maybe doing a job interview. And you're, you got in that interview and, there's a, and, and you're just making sure you have all your ducks in a row and what they're going to ask you and everything. And then they throw like a curveball question toward you. And, like, and they put you in a situation and you're just going, and inside you're smiling, but, in, but outside you're smiling, but inside you are in panic mode. You know what I'm talking about? Like your heart's racing and, and, and the room got really hot, but then you got a cold chill down your back at the same time. And then they're waiting for you and there's a whole panel of people waiting for you to respond. And you're just like, can I just run? Can I just run out of here never ever to return? But you go like, I desperately need a job. And so you respond and, got, and, and you just, man, it's amazing you even knew you could put two words together. That's really what Moses was feeling this moment as God was speaking to him. But listen to the answer to, to the response. Moses says, God says to Moses, he says, well, before that, let me get the worst fear comes over. That's what Moses was saying. He says, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? So here's this panic moment that Moses is freaking out. Like, I, what in the world do you want me to say? And some of you have been in this situation, as I mentioned, like a job interview or a moment someone asks you, you're a small group leader, and they ask you, somebody asks you a question about the Bible, and you're like, oh, I don't know. Google it. I don't know. You're trying to figure it out. And so you don't know. And that's the, that panic it comes over you. I, I, I don't know what to say and what to do. And yet God answers Moses. This is an interesting response to it. I don't want to do is this, God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you to me. Now you read that, you're kind of going, huh, really? How is that helpful? And it's exactly what it is. That is so powerful to know is that God's answer to your inadequacy is he's the I am. God's answer to your inadequacy is he's the I am. What it means is he's not the I was and not the will be. It's a, it's a title that he gives himself that he's the God of the moment. That he's the God in the midst of what you're going through and what you're facing. He is the great I am. He's the ever-present God who is with you every step of the way. And that's so important for us to hear constantly that God, if you talk about taking steps, it's steps of faith. I don't know about you, but there's just times and there's moments like, God, could you just give me kind of like the full plan here? God, could you just give me the whole blueprint? And some of us are like, I don't know if I want the full, do I want to know what's going to happen next year or the year after? You think about that a little bit. Because guess what? There's going to be some good things ahead, and there's going to be not so good things that are coming ahead too. I'm not sure how much we do want to know with that, but we wish we had a little bit more of a plan, you know, a little bit more of the future. And yet, over and over and again, God does not reveal himself that way or reveals a plan that way. I think more of it I've experienced is that God reveals himself when we step into the relationship with him. We get to know more about him 
and about our future when we step with him and walk with him through that. That he is the ever-present I am in our life, in the moment, in the time. That's what happens. And every situation I've found this is that God ends up coming up with some kind of solution at the end of it all. In some way, somehow, and sometimes, that, that I don't know about, my wife and I talk about, it seems like God ups the ante in our life. Like, oh, you have this level of faith here? Great, isn't this good? Hey, let's just go ahead and go to the next place. I'm like, God, we're just enjoying this moment here. There's never a dull moment in God's plan exactly. That's what I want. I want you to be on the edge. I want you to be depending upon me to step into the realities and the opportunities that are ahead are going to be amazing. But it's going to require you to believe who I am. And I've learned over and over, and I love Ephesians 3, it says that God will do immeasurably more than ever we can even ask or imagine according to his great, great work within us. So some of us need to hear this, that is it, the excuse of, I don't have enough education, I'm lack of money, I don't have the skills or anything else. It will stop us from really trusting God and the great work that he's done. And a lot of times we measure our task against ourselves. And what we need to do is remember to remeasure God who is above all our obstacles that are in front of us. We, we got to get it right. See, Noah probably didn't feel very adequate beside the unfinished ark. David must have felt a pretty small facing a nine-foot-tall giant named Goliath. Daniel probably felt like dinner, right, in that lion's den. Okay, we all, there's, there's these moments that happen in our lives. They, they might seem more dramatic than for other people, not as dramatic as other people. But reality is, are those obstacles in front of us are just simple walls? Are there going to be opportunities for us, for God to overcome in us and through us? And we have to look at that, of these obstacles becoming divine opportunities. And if we don't, we are all going to be stuck in slavery like everybody else until we trust in the great I am and what he can do. But we make more excuses. Another excuse is this, our excuse of inferiority. Our excuse is inferiority. Let's just speak the elephant in the room. Anybody here would say you got an inferiority complex? Raise your hand. That's you, inferior complex. Okay, there's just a few honest people. Many of you here, you actually are inferior because you could not raise your hand. Um, So, like, what? I, I, I Think about that a little bit. I don't know. But here's the thing. All of us are like, this at times. And if you're not at times, I think sometimes we get too cocky. We get too, and God will humble us, right? In those moments, all of us deal with, I don't care how cool and confident you feel like you are. We all are in the same boat. And Moses, here he is. God was going to use one of the greatest people ever to use. And here he is in the back 40, worrying and stressing and making these excuses. Moses' response to this challenge to go go free people was this. He answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me? Then the Lord did not appear to you. What if that happens? His credibility was on the line. Why was his credibility like? Because he's wanted for murder. <laughs> he's, he's, he, he, I don't even know people recognize the guy, but if he shows his face in this town, what are they going to do to him? And here he comes along the lines and says, hey, Guess, every, guess what, everybody? We're going to get freed from all this, and God has this wonderful land for us to go. Come with me, and let's do that. Yeah, right. Now listen to God's response. This is my favorite, most applicable part of this story today. So practical. It says this, Then the Lord said to him, What is in your hand? What is in your hand? Well, Moses like, uh, a staff, replied. And, and this is what God told him. Throw it down. 
Moses' flight. Throws it down, and it turns into a snake. Now pick it up. Uh, <laughs> grabs it by the tail, turns into a staff again. I want you to go and show that to the people, to your people. Your, 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 your group of people are like, what? Really? I don't know about you, that's a pretty cool party trick. Wouldn't that be kind of nice? Watch this. But you need to know why that. Why that? That staff was a sign of authority. That snake was uh, a deity that the Egyptians worshipped. They worshipped the snakes. And so to grab it by its tail saying, we got authority here over anything or nobody. The great I am wants to show himself who's really in charge. I think a lot of us, though we do this, we, we, you, you could call it the if-then. If I had this, then I would do this. If I could do this, then I could do this. And we make these excuses and we forget what do we have in our hand. That's what God's answer to, to, to the excuse was, what is in your hand? That's the question for you and I. What is in your hand? Meaning, what has God given you? Right now, not, not what he had, you know, oh, I, I used to, or what, man, if I just could, I could, then I could. No, what do you have right now? What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your life that can help people find freedom? What gifts, what skills, what talents, what training, what experiences, what position, what leveraging of those positions, the, the influence that you have in your life right now, how could you use it for God's kingdom? And you're thinking, oh, I don't really have a whole lot. Baloney. You have so much. The Bible says this, but each of you have your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. You're like, I don't have a whole lot. But, oh, well, you know what? I bet we could find a gift that you have. It might be chewing gum and walking at the same time. And you don't trip. You're like, that's a skill we can use. God wants to use whatever you have to accomplish great things. What is it that you have? See, if, if you don't know, we love to help you. We'd love to help you. And, it, and sometimes, sometimes at church we think, well, I don't teach and I don't play music. There's so much more. There's so much more that needs to happen. Craftsmanship, decorating, coordinating, loving, caring. There's so many opportunities that you can get involved here. And as we launch a new campus and we say, bye-bye, have a great time. We send you out. Guess what? Now we're in a time of rebuilding. Now we're in the time of saying, if you ever need it at North Bay, the time is now. There's a rebuilding time. Shane, they're rebuilding here. A new worship team, and it's coming. It's going to be exciting. And you might feel a little called. It's like, maybe I could get involved with that. And, and some people cleared the way for you to get involved. There's other areas, and kids, and all the other areas. And just serving our community. You're going to hear about some great opportunities coming up. I just challenge you, in the month of November coming up, as we, we launch into Help Heal the World, take some steps to use the gifts God's given you. And if you need to grab the, the staff of authority saying, I can take charge of it, guess what? There's a miracle that God wants to use your life and do great things through. Don't set aside those excuses to step in and say, what's in your hand? And then the final excuse is this, our excuse of disability. Our excuse of disability. That Moses lashed dif, ditch Everett, you could call it, to stay in the back 40, to herd sheep the rest of his life. He tried to do that. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Now, some of you would go, like, you can relate with that. Maybe you don't have a speech impediment, but you say, man, I, I have a disability. I have a learning disability or physical disability. And I, you know, there's, and listen, there's some people who are just faster learners. There's some people that are better at that. And there's some people in this room, you got straight A's and you never studied. You just never studied. 
And, and we just want you to know, if you're that person, we hate you. <laughs> but, because we're in church, we love you in the Lord. But it's tough for some of us, right? Some of us just picks up really quick. Some of us are not very good at all. It doesn't matter. It's not about that. But the disability, sometimes we give it excuse. And there's legitimate excuses. There's some things, there's limitations that are there. We got to be real about that. But let me challenge you, despite your disability, don't make it a liability. Make it an opportunity that God can use. I know it sounds cheesy, but it make it, the liability can be an opportunity that God can use. What is he trying to do? Not how great you are, how great he is. He is and desires to be the great I am in and through our lives. And people go, wow, I can't believe it. Despite what they're going through and what they're facing, man, they have incredible faith. I can't believe it. They're, they're suffering what they're suffering, and there's just an amazing amount of grace that pours out of their life. How do they do that? And you just kind of go, God's doing it. God gets the glory. God gets the praise. He, as we let our light shine before men, they may see their good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. What is that disability? What is in the way? You say, no, I can't do it. I can't is not in the Bible. It is an opportunity that you can have. And here's what's powerful. Listen to God's answer to the disability excuse. Listen to what God says to Moses. What about your brother? Aaron, the Levite, I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. I love it that God already sent the solution. God already came through. God already saying, listen, listen, you can't make excuses any longer. In fact, I'm going to give an answer to this. And the answer to God, God's answer to our, our excuse of disability is this. What about your brother? That's the answer. What about your brother? See, as a Christ follower, you're, it's not a solo act. You are part of a family. You're part of brothers and sisters in Christ that are all around you. And when you're weak, guess what? They're strong. And when you're strong, they're weak. And we all work together and we need each other. And it's called community. It's called encouragement. Just what Shane shared today, that community can happen in little pockets here on Sunday mornings, but really true community happens in a circle. And we say it again each and every week, small group. To find a group of people that we can identify with, to do life together. There's over 40 different one another's in scriptures. Love one another, encourage one another, help one another, pray for one another, build each other up. And Lord, all these one another's we're to do together and help. And when we do that, guess what? Freedom happens. Freedom is experienced. Listen to how this was lived out. It says that Moses, listen to the end of Exodus 4. Moses and Aaron, look at that, Moses and Aaron, brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. He also performed the signs before the people, the snake and the staff, and they believed. And they heard the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, and they bowed down and worshiped. Do you see how God brought it all together? All the excuses and everything were put aside, and Moses and Aaron stepped in Stepped out of their excuses and stepped into what God did. And guess what happened? They rallied together and through the, all the different plagues, you can read through the beginning part of Exodus. At the end, Pharaoh goes, get out of here. And he lets them all go. And that same staff and that, that burning bush night, that same staff that turned into snake picked up, Moses strikes the Red Sea waters and they part. And over a million people experience freedom. And years later, they move into the promised land because of that moment they had. Listen, freedom is available when we step out of excuses and obey what God has called us to do, to step into 
the opportunities he has for us because of the great I am's with us. And he called us not to do it alone. That he would be with us always. And there's people around us to gather together to help us to do it together. I'll invite our team to come as we pray here. And as we do, I want to make this super practical. This could be somewhat inspiring. Go, oh, it was great, wonderful. But if you don't put it to practice, it's, it's probably the worst sermon ever. The worst sermon ever is no one lives it out. The best sermon ever is actually do something with it. And to step out and to step in. And so today, this is the action step I challenge you with. It's in your notes. Take it with you today. Is this, is this today I step out of my excuse. Now, what is that excuse? All those excuses listed. Put something to it. I don't have any time. I don't have any energy. I don't have any resources. I don't have this. I don't have that. Whatever excuses. Well, this person needs to do this. And we blame them. Whatever your lame or legitimate excuse is, what's in the way for you to step out? Say, God, show me what that is. Identify what it is. And then what do you want me to step into? Because I bet, I bet in many different ways, your excuses is connected to your opportunity. Whatever it's tied to, that God would release that excuse so that you could step in that what if, what if would happen and we would see incredible things happen, not only the freedom in our life, but the opportunity that God wants to use you to, for others to experience freedom as well, that you can come alongside them. Because you might be the Moses today, but a lot of us are probably going to be the Aaron with somebody to encourage them and build them up today. I love, I love Ashley. She models being an Aaron. Here he is, these, these, these interns here today. I just love that. This the encouragement, the empowerment, that we come alongside and we do the work together. Who, who is it that God maybe has called you to raise up and to help as well? So will you pray with me? As we take this moment today, I want to remind us that we don't need a burning bush to speak to us. But I would be so bold that God has already spoken to us today because we've opened his word and he speaks through his word. The verses that we heard today, God spoke today. And so it's up to you to decide and just respond to that. And you can make some excuses. And, and let's just be real. A lot of people in church, especially church people, they make a lot of excuses for not living out what they heard. We could be here today and we feel really good that we went to church and that's enough. But can I just challenge you that that's pretty lame. That's pretty lame just to come and be here. You're going to get bored with that. People do. But what if you, what if, what if, if you live this out today? What if you and I, the Lord would help us to identify the excuse, whatever it might be. I don't have time. I don't know, I don't, I'm not good enough. I don't, all that we put aside and God's answer to us is, I've got you. You're mine. I'm with you. I am. I want to reveal myself and who I am. And there's others going to help you along the way. There's no more excuses. You can step into the opportunities, the goals, the dreams, desires in your life. It could be super practical. What is that this week? To step out of your comfort zone at work, at school, in your neighborhood, church opportunity, ministry, whatever it might be. You say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that today. I commit myself. Have the courage to pray that today. Start with prayer. Lord, we just lift each one here today. God, we thank you for the gatherings. The gathering not in Birch Bay, but the gathering in Blaine. Lord, that's happening, God, and the challenge is going out to live out the gospel there. Lord, here we are, challenged here today to do the same. God, the worst thing we could do is not do anything today, Lord. God, help us today. Challenge us of our what-ifs. That, God, we'd have the courage today, your strength within us. Remind us of who you are. Remind us who we are in you. Remind us that we're not alone. You're with us and others are with us. 
that we can put aside all excuses to step into the opportunity. And God, may that opportunity today, we pray through, Lord, we would see a step towards it this week. Some dreams, Lord, are huge. But some of these dreams, Lord, you're giving us are years away, but some of them are just this week that we can accomplish. Baby steps, Lord, we take toward you and what you have, God. So we give you this morning, we give you this opportunity today, God. We pray that we could go forth and live out, Lord, that we can experience great freedom in who we are and what you called us to, but we can see that freedom for others around that we can support and encourage as well. We pray this in your name, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen. Great today. I hope, I hope that helped.